0: Bradley, I'm a clown, huh.
1: This episode of the Bitcoin Echo Chamber podcast is sponsored by WTFHappenedIn1971.com. The economics meme taking the world by storm where all of us are trying to find out the answer to what the heck happened in 1971. WTF 1971 also has a merch store now. You can find it at WTF-1971.creator-spring.com. I'll post a link to that down in the show notes if you want to check it out. Thanks for the support. I'll do that too. Right, I'm gonna go ahead and start. Cool. What is up, people? The current time in Moscow is 2,774. I have a little bit of a different co-host with me today, Dylan. Why don't you introduce yourself on? to the nice people?
0: Yeah, uh, my name is Dylan Leclaire. <laughs> Work for Bitcoin Magazine. Um, yeah, Legend. Just uh, you know, here to talk some Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, you're filling Ben's shoes today because he had to go spend time with his family. Oh, yeah. So normally, Ben is like my... my at, He keeps me on track. He's like my straight and narrow guy, and I'm all over the place. So we're going to have to wade through this together. Um, so what we usually do is go through and talk about, Ben usually does a mempool update, but we're going to skip that today because I don't, I don't have the graph pulled up. Uh, we usually just go through like events that happened in the last week, talk about our thoughts. Um, we were talking before the stream started, you were on with Valis last night. That was really cool. You guys are catching up about the thoughts after the conference. So t- tell us, like what was your highlight? Like What was your absolute favorite part of uh, Miami?
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, Miami, like the, the freedom of it and just like, you know, that like I was there for about a week um, and, and compared to where I live now, I mean, we're kind of opening up, but like the past year has been like you walk into a restaurant with your mask and then you like, you know, just like the whole the whole clown show. And so Miami was just like an oasis of freedom and like, you know, um, and it was a really good time. My favorite part of the conference was probably uh, probably the, the El Salvador announcement, super like emotional and just like, I don't know. I'll remember that like the vibe and that just like moment for the rest of my life probably
1: Jack Malish is such a hero dude I just I love that guy It was
0: so it was so raw and emotional like
1: I want to just go and give him like a big hug like just all the time Um, I think that 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 moment at that conference that'll probably go down in history like people are gonna watch that moment like 10, 20 years from now, and be like, this was when Bitcoin really went mainstream.
0: Yeah, people don't like, I mean, $25 billion GDP, you know, small, like, the FinTwit people are like, you know, oh, wow, you know, you can go to El Salvador now, congrats, like, you know, it's a joke, but it's like, no, I mean, this, this is the start. They don't understand. The fact that, no, they don't, and it's like, laughable, honestly.
1: Man, and then, so... What, what I saw, um, the, I think the interesting thing about this is that it just sets a precedent, right? Because what I saw this past week was um, Paraguay is talking about proposing a bill where they're going to try to, I, I think, try to emulate what uh, El Salvador is doing, if I'm reading it correctly. I don't know if you saw that or not.
0: Me uh, I, mean. I mean, I don't have any any really like you know, keen insight, um, but I did see that. There, I mean, I think I think it's basically gonna be kind of like like Jack said. He's like, you know, open sourcing the playbook, and he's like, contact me. And I imagine like he's getting contacted.
1: Yeah, you gotta wonder what kind of conversations he's having behind closed doors right now, right? Yeah, like hey. he, he's gotta be talking to some pretty important people that are just picking his brain. And then on the other side of that too, you gotta wonder like if I was Jack, I'd be I'd be nervous right now, man. Like i just be on edge. You know, you oh, yeah. can't spit I in mean, the face of the global monetary hegemony and not expect a little pushback. Yeah, no, no
0: doubt. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, the people that pull the strings behind, I don't know, the pull the strings around the world uh, who have everything to lose with the ascent of Bitcoin. I mean, maybe they understand what's happening. Maybe they don't. But they, I mean, Bitcoin is a threat for sure. <laughs> and uh, Jack, Jack is, I mean, you know, for better or worse, he's one of the faces of, of what's happening now.
1: Yeah, I think he's a, he's a pretty good face. Really. Well, we know he'll die on this hill. I like memeing yeah, that. Literally.
0: Like, yeah, Jack's the man. I mean, just, and but I mean, we need 20 more. We need 100 more Jack Muller's, I think. True. But, true. but we're, uh, I mean, we got him. They're somewhere.
1: I'm trying to get there, man. I, I'm not on that level mm-hmm. yet, but I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to be a Jack Mallers. We should all try to be more like Jack Mallers. We, we need the, the what would Jack Mallers do? Uh, WWJMD. Um, Hasn't he been coding on like Bitcoin for like a decade? Has he? I don't know. You know what, what strikes me about Jack is that he's kind of like a self-taught coder. He just went to college for like a month and then was like, nah, screw this, and then he dropped out and just started learning how to code. Um, which go you dude that's awesome I, I wish that I had you know I don't know I've been trying to work that route it's hard learning learning to code especially on your own is hard that's why I'm doing uh, lambda school you've been or, doing it yeah Oh, you're doing lambda yeah it's nice it's a lot man it's hard to balance it with like regular work life and and family life and all the stuff that I'm trying to do in Bitcoin you know outside of just coding um, but it's it's well worth it what I've learned so far for the couple months I've been doing it I'm hoping to work uh, full-time in Bitcoin by October uh, in software so we'll see yeah man Love it.
0: I, I have no idea how to code no um, but any no. plans to I, try to I, learn yeah I, I want to be able to like I think a goal for mine like a long-term a long-term goal for me is to be able to like read the Bitcoin core software and like actually understand it I mean
1: and that's tough but... I think Bitcoin's Um, written in C++, which I don't know anything about C. I I think it's C++, but it could be C. I don't know. But I don't know anything about either one, and they're both totally different. Um, But a really good place to start is um, Justin Moon's, I forget, I think he calls it, now he calls it Mooniversity, which you need to know Python for that. And basically, you build, like, shit coins. Like, you build, like, the shittiest of shit coins, and then you build, like, a slightly better shit coin. And, like, you work your way up to Bitcoin, and then you kind of gives you like a broad technical understanding of how Bitcoin works. It's a really cool project. Um, and then Jimmy songs, um, he has like a mentorship program kind of where he teaches you how to code and build on Bitcoin and stuff like that. So um, those are, those are two really good places to start it. You can get into Justin's thing with just like a bit of Python introduction on like free code camp or something like that.
0: Yeah, I thought about it, um, I think. I, I, like, I think at the moment my probably like my uh, my strength or like the, the value I can provide is just like explaining the the value of Bitcoin and like you know yeah. maybe
1: the like yeah I know how you feel, dude. It, and it's it's a <laughs> it's very what's the word? It's like a it's a very it's like a mountain that you feel like you have to climb. And you're just looking up at that mountain. And you're like I could never get on that level. Like I could, ne-. but just just one step at a time. You know, it all starts with typing your first Hello World program and and learning, you know, syntax of a language and learning how coding works and learning how like computer science problems and and it just, you just build, it just, you take it slowly, like one bit, one bite at a time, one day at a time, but you have to be uh, consistent and you have to be intentional about your learning and your practice. So what so what do they have you doing over at Bitcoin Magazine? You've been writing a newsletter, right?
0: Yeah, so um, I was just, I started out just doing media ops uh, like four months ago. CK just just hit me up on Twitter uh, and like I kind of sucked at it, <laughs> like for better or worse. Uh, um, and I, 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 I started like moving a little bit towards like markets and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm doing like a newsletter. Um, it's like a, it's a premium thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I just basically cover like markets and uh, like Bitcoin and like, you know, legacy markets and kind of the like convergence of the two. So it's a good time. I mean, I I get to look at charts and hang out on Twitter all day. So
1: I has it complain. been rewarding for you to like produce this content on a regular basis and have like an audience that that actually reads it and gives you feedback and stuff like that?
0: I mean, it's cool. I mean, I it's like it's the stuff that I was like, you know, kind of fascinated with anyway. So just to be able to like, just do it like on a daily basis. um, It's a lot, I mean, it's a lot of work, but you know, it's, it's, it's well worth it. And I really, you know, I'm fascinated with it. It's like, it's kind of not like a dilemma or like conundrum, but like, I know Bitcoin's going to win. And I'm, it's not a trading, like, it's not a trading uh, newsletter. Like I'm not like spy sell, like, (laughs) but uh, I think I I do find it like very fascinating to just follow like um, markets in general. but, you know, the ascent of, of Bitcoin and, like, the volatility on the way to hyper-Bitcoinization is, is real. And just, like, following that and kind of being able to, like, you know, on-chain analytics and stuff, like, people kind of, like, like meme it. And like, I think it maybe gets a bad rap, especially over the last two months when it's, like, you know, we just dumped and it's, like, wait, I thought all this was bullish. Yeah. But it is, it is cool to be able to look under the hood and be, like, okay, wait, what's actually happening here? And, like... It is, it is insightful um, in a lot of ways. You know, in a lot of ways, like, you know, Bitcoin is just going to do what it, it's going to do, and, like, nobody knows. Um, but, like, to be able to look at, like, derivatives, uh, like, the, the leverage of, of Bitcoin, like, all of the transparency on, like, the actual network, um, it's something that, like, the legacy system doesn't have, uh, and it's kind of cool to peel it back.
1: Yeah, and you know what's wild is I'm that guy who always lives his life as if Bitcoin is going to a million dollars tomorrow, and... I have to taper my expectations because all the, I, I'm convinced all it is is that the rest of the world isn't there yet. They just don't know what I know. But if they knew what I know, then Bitcoin would go to a million dollars or ten million dollars tomorrow. But so I think that the, it's an education problem, not so much like um, like the market isn't ready for it. Or well, I guess I guess that would be the market, but um, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it better than that but
0: kind of funny it's like what's it's like what sailor said i don't even know like september or something i remember him saying like once i once i figured it out i i had like anxiety at night i couldn't yeah. go to sleep because i was like someone you know, else what is gonna this figure thing, this out yeah and it's like that's kind of the feeling that i don't know i've had for like a year year plus um you know i've, I've been been paying attention for longer than that but when like it kind of clicked for me that nothing else really matters um you know, there's like, you feel perpetually short
1: all the time. <laughs> mm. Until you're not, and then you're like, you're like pretty much all in. And then you're like, hmm, I could leverage up from here. <laughs> and then it starts to get really dangerous because like you have to really watch your emotional state to make sure that you're not over leveraging or like doing something foolish. Or, um, you know, wh- what I need to always catch myself doing is that, okay, is this a short duration trade that I'm about to try to engage in here? Like, if, if, every time you get involved in leverage, you need to be like, okay, can this, can I sustain this for like ten years, or is this something that I'm hoping plays out within like the next six months? Because if that's the case, then I'm probably making a bad decision.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm levered long, unsecured with mean, some unsecured debt, uh, but you know, it's, it's unsecured, so I mean, I'm, I'm paying, I'm paying uh, interest, but uh, you know, that was that. I was at seven K, so I mean I'm not, not paying five hundred percent interest. Yeah, you're um, not doing too bad. No. And, you know, if if I couldn't repay, then, you know, my, my credit score goes down. Oh no. oh no. Like like I I don't really know if credit scores matter too much where we're going, but you know
1: hey, It's true. I mean, I don't know. So credit credit scores are weird though, man, because there's places that will like pull your credit score arbitrarily just to see Hey, what's this guy's credit score and it can like impact your ability to like sign a lease on an apartment or or buy a house even if you're like buying a house like in cash um, it can cause problems for you just because people will be less like less likely to want to like open a relationship with you for whatever reason Um, banks you know are less likely to deal with you uh, it, it's just weird it's weird the way we tie so like you could literally pay for cash and things or you I guess maybe you could probably go to like an apartment landlord and be like, uh, I will pay for a year upfront in cash. And then they'd, they'd be pretty silly to turn that away, but that's a lot of commitment on your end too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 kind of, how I think about it, um, is like, I mean, I'm just stacking, stacking my ass off over the last year and into the future. And then, um, the plan is like anytime that I, you know, want to pay for something or, like I honestly hope the dollar doesn't die tomorrow, and it won't, right? But like, there's a lot of uh, money or like a lot of value to be made on the, on the way up against the dollar, against you know, just borrowing against it. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how much I like some of these platforms, but like with Celsius, you can put, uh, you can get like a LTV of you can you can over collateralize by like four x
1: and borrow at one percent. Wow. For, like three years. Wow. So like, that's not you know, bad, actually. Um, the only thing is that you have to put four times the collateral in custody of Celsius. That's the biggest drawback in my opinion, but that's, that's a really good rate for lending. If it was like, it's too bad you can't do that through like Hoddle huddle or something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, well, cause huddle, huddle is like, um, you know, it's peer to peer and like anybody right. that's using huddle, hodls like, you know, probably measuring their, their rate as like, you know, probably like in the crypto sphere, you know, they're like, Whether it's Bitcoin or any anything else, like twenty percent, twelve percent, whatever, it's like kind of a joke, (laughs) Mm. you know. Uh, Like, are you are you going to lend me money at twelve percent? No,
1: no, no. You're going to buy Bitcoin,
0: right? (laughs) So, uh, whereas Celsius has like you know banking banking connections or whatever, they're in that system, and it's a no loss business. over collateralized, big like lending against Bitcoin is, is a no
1: loss business. So I think it's, right I think because you know, it's fully fully collateralized and over collateralized. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, if you liquidate, you're still whole in one way, shape, or form. So
0: yeah, and it's liquid 24-7, 365, like everywhere. So like, I mean, like, what would you rather have? A, a house as collateral as it for a bank, or do you rather have a Bitcoin? And like, the fact that that's even like a question that, and like, a vast majority of like bankers are like, you know what I mean, they'd say. Oh, a house, you know, it's stable.
1: And you're like, wait, what? Bonds, (laughs) buy bonds, of course. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm at this point now where, like, so I've got, you know, some Bitcoin, right? And uh, most of the time I'm cash poor. And, like, when I have fiat obligations sort of, like, on the horizon, like, right now I have to pay um, a little bit more of my Lambda tuition. And that's going to be, like, in a few weeks. And I have to kind of make the decisions, like, okay, so do I want to sell a little bit of Bitcoin or do I want to experiment with lending, um, maybe like a little bit with unchained capital or something like that, um, and then just kind of see how that goes. Maybe that's a good way to kind of get my feet wet with it—is just to experiment with that. Because worst comes to worst. And the other question that I've had that I don't know because I don't know—I mean, I know some tax attorneys, but I don't like to bug them with tax questions because I—they don't pay them. But um, the—if you have a collateralized loan liquidated, and like they liquidate your collateral. Is that a taxable event? Because technically, you're just selling market selling the Bitcoin. If you let the LTV uh, get low enough, I mean,
0: I don't think mm, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm not I'm not well versed in that. Um, but I don't I don't imagine because it's going to cover a liability. That
1: you know? but that would be uh, a double whammy, man. Can you imagine if you had your loan liquidated, yeah. you lose your Bitcoin, and then you owe taxes on that Bitcoin because you had the loan liquidated? Tough go. Um so speaking of like markets and stuff like that I don't know if you saw the data coming out yesterday about the reverse repo let me see if I can yeah. throw a photo of this up on the screen for people just real quick I want to show this so this is the reverse repo um whoops. Uh, and as you can see, it's just skyrocketed in the last um, in the last like month, um, highest we've ever seen. Uh, and, and I remember, you know, the repo markets were going crazy in like 2019, like fall of 2019, and uh, a lot of Bitcoiners were watching that. Um, and obviously, it led up to a pretty severe financial crisis in 2020, which everyone blamed on coronavirus. Um, but what's your take on this? So what what I've seen is people are basically saying this is basically being caused by just the amount of liquidity slashing around in the system. There's all these dollars and nowhere for them to really go, so they're just all getting dumped into repo.
0: Yeah. So I and I'm I'm no expert on this. You know, I'm. <laughs> it's kind of funny, like you know, Bitcoin Twitter's like hops from thing to thing to thing. We all become experts on that thing every every so often, but. Uh, my understanding of it is so in 2019, there were, in September, right, there was that liquidity crunch where uh, there wasn't enough cash in the system and, and overnight repo rates went to like 8 or 10%. Oh, I froze uh, the And stream. then this is. Damn it. <laughs> Did you?
1: No, yeah. It, it's so hard because I'm on a laptop and I only have one screen. And if I minimize anything, it freezes the stream. So I don't think they saw the chart, but it's fine. Repo went it's up. That's still a lot. going, though? Yeah, no, no. No, like the stream's still going. I just froze the video.
0: Okay, cool. Um, um, but I think so. So this is the opposite where there's um, because the Fed's doing so much QE, um, they're just, there's buying, they're buying up treasuries at an uh, MBS at like $120 uh, billion a month. Um, my kind of understanding is that there, there's so much cash, but banks don't want to lend because real rates are like negative. And so um, yeah. I I wrote about this. Um, I'll, I'll share it with you. Actually, I, I'll, I can hook you up with a sub. Um, for free, uh, after this, but um, there, like I, I covered it a little bit yesterday. Um, I think I saw this this chart. It was like junk bond, real junk bond yields are like negative mm-hmm, for the first mm-hmm. time ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, <laughs> like if you're a bank and you want to lend, well, you're 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 taking you you don't want to lend at a negative real rate, and that's not even accounting for any default risk. Right. So like, so you'd rather just go. And you know buy treasuries, but um, and like short-term liquid, uh, you know T-bills, T- uh, yeah, like you know uh, notes. But I, I believe the reverse repo facility is essentially keeping uh, uh, yields on the front end of the curve nominally positive because if they weren't um, you know lend, uh, lending these overnight uh, uh, treasuries back into the into the market, then they would just bid up. the 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 treasuries the collateral already in the market and yields would go negative that's kind of my understanding of it
1: Interesting. Um, what do you that that sounds right to me um i that's where i start to kind of lose my understanding um is when you start talking about like what the banks are doing and and looking at the larger credit Mm -hmm. markets because i mostly focus on like the sovereign credit market um Like, I I like to look mostly at, like, what the Fed is doing um, and, like, what the interbank lending, because the Fed has the the target rate, right, for overnight lending. And that's where they kind of step in with repo liquidity is whenever they're not hitting whatever the target rate that they want for the overnight lending market is. That's when they step in and provide more repo liquidity, Uh, because that's what happened uh, back in 2019 was the overnight lending rate shot way up. And the Fed basically stepped in with all this liquidity to say, okay, well, we're not going to let that happen. Um, so that makes sense. Like with what you're saying, I think that that sort of carries down. Um, and like, like junk bonds, I guess, for people that are listening and, and may not know, that, that's just corporate debt with uh, less than a triple A credit rating. Is that right? I think it's like
0: it's like like triple C or something. like. So it's like basically less than borrowers. a B.
1: It's basically yeah. just terrible debt that that's super risky and it's become corporate debt has just basically corporate junk debt has basically just become just what would you even say just like hyper saturated with liquidity because there's so much search for yield um and and the the rest of the debt is just literally bid down into the dirt or i guess bid up you know depending on whether you're thinking about the yield or the value of the coupon um that there's just all the search for yield going into junk debt and it's just created this huge junk debt bubble
0: yeah i mean it's it's an everything debt bubble and like now junk bond yields which were like like the yields in the great financial crisis like they, they kind of let it go for a little bit longer uh like whereas this past march it was literally like a, a month of of like recession before stock markets were like you know back at the same levels but uh you know the yields and the junk bonds were like. 20% in like 08 and they're like 3% now and CPI just came in at five. So, so like, I mean the cost of capital everywhere on the fucking planet is negative. <laughs> like, it's insane. Uh, I, I, I just don't understand like, and yes, is, is Bitcoin part, like is Bitcoin nominally like, or, you know, the dollar value of Bitcoin, would it be at 30,000? Would it be at 60,000 a couple of months ago? If real yields everywhere on the planet were, were negative. No, it would not be there. But that's the thing is that how how do central banks, how do like, you know, the world, how do we get out of this? Okay, we're gonna let everything go. Or are they just gonna stop putting liquidity in? Because everybody that's calling for deflation, right? Like, okay, deflation, I agree. Debt and all, all of this QE, the more and more debt they pile on, yeah, it's deflationary because it has to be paid back. Okay, so-
1: Who's gonna, gonna be back? To the tab. Yeah.
0: How and like and so if they stop if they stop spending if they stop doing QE okay great good nice thesis what happens everything goes to zero literally, literally everything like goes overnight. to zero yeah like over. yeah like stock market goes down everything liquidates like, housing goes down all collateral goes down and guess what the liabilities are still there and everything and nobody can pay and everybody goes insolvent governments corporates individuals ho- everyone insolvent tomorrow yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, it can't it, happen. is Bitcoin can't part it of the happen. bubble? Oh, they can't. And like, so okay. So what do you think, like, happens over the next, you know? And, and I know that, like, you know, short term is pretty hard to pred- like predict. But what is your view on the next six months, next year? Fed, uh, well, so talk, all we that.
1: we just saw Powell talking about how they were basically thinking about two rate hikes by the end of what was like twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. It was like two years out, they were talking about how they were considering two very small interest rate hikes, and the market tanked. Just on the thought that the, the Fed might raise rates at some point in the distant future, the market tanked, right? And maybe that's like hyper-emotional trading, maybe that's liquidation of leverage. I don't know what it is. You know, it's like, the amount of leverage in the system is just insane. Like, it's, 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 and that's why it's so volatile and so um like it can never make up its mind about how it feels but if that (laughs) rumor of a rumor you know in the distant future causes that much damage we this train has no brakes man like at this point the 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 engines are overheating and we're just gonna continue moving forward and they're just gonna keep shoveling coal in as fast as they can just to keep us moving i mean it's I, as far as like the next six months go, I expect more of the same. Like I, I honestly think if they let up on this liquidity shoveling at all, um, everything just sort of will just sort of start to seize up and, and shut down and liquidate. Um, and they can't. Like they, they're, we're at the point now where they just can't. And it's just going to have to be a game of constant, constant, constant liquidity injection.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's like, I mean, we're, we're talking about, like, markets, like, financial markets, you know, where where most people that are the playing in the stock market or, you know, Bitcoin or, or whatever, like, are, consider, are considered, I guess, like, wealthy or, like, the, the upper, like, you know, the, the top 50%. Uh, but this, you know, society and the social unrest and all that, like, there's the bottom 50% of people that don't have any assets. And that mm-hmm. this whole, you know, this whole Ponzi is working in, in you know, in reverse for them. They're getting, mm-hmm. they're getting screwed. And so, like the social unrest populism all that stuff like that's not going away this decade and what does that mean more more spending more stimulus more Mm -hmm. more giveaways and how is that funded like that's funded by running deficits like it there there is no like the the debt will continue to increase every single year for the next decade like it's and dude it really
1: it really pisses me off because i'm i'm like i'm a pretty simple guy like i try to live below my means Right, and and I don't make a ton of money, but um, you know I'm working to improve that in my life. Obviously, I'm trying to get into software and, and make a better life for myself and my family. But like I've always in my life, I've always tried to live below my means, and I'm I'm not an extravagant person. Like I don't have to drive a fancy car, or, like go to clubs, or just I just don't do all that. And um, I have really felt it like this last year just everything has gotten more expensive and it's like even though I'm making more money now than I have you know ever in my life I feel like it just feels tighter than it ever has Uh, it's harder to pay the bills it's harder to go buy groceries and buy all the stuff that I like to buy I do like to eat good food right that's one of the things in my life that I I try to be you know uh, splurge a little bit on is like go and buy like good like organic whole food and like cook my own meals and uh, Cause I like to eat healthy, I like to take care of myself, but it just—it's getting harder and harder and harder. And man, it breaks my heart when I think about the people, you know, that don't have what I have, that aren't where I'm at in life. And like I said, I'm not that—I'm not wealthy by any means. Um, but there are plenty of people out there who are, you know, working minimum wage jobs or whatever, and say whatever you want about—well, that's their fault. You know, they need to get better skills and educate themselves and do better in life. I agree. Like, don't get me wrong. But I can still empathize with them. I can still feel for their struggle right now on this central bank-induced in, uh, price inflation that they're living through. Cause it hurts, man. And I guarantee you, people are really suffering right now because of that.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, like I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Um, like, like to live, especially after founding like Bitcoin, like like to live below my means. You know, even like as I, my income's gone up, as my as my like, you know some savings has gone up still still doing the same thing but like you know if you're stacking for a couple years you do have that that security blanket right that that nobody else has mm-hmm. right like like 50 percent of people don't have a thousand bucks saved like just a, a never-ending treadmill and like and the worst part is is like they don't even know how they're getting screwed they don't know what you know it's like it's like people are legitimately mad at donald trump or joe biden right or right and it's like or it's Rick- like you're a Ronald fucking Reagan. asshole yeah
1: <laughs> that's the one i see like <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, it's like, it's tough, man, and like, you know, explaining, and, and then when you try to explain, like, no, this is, you know, it's, it's because there's, there's central banks around the world, and they're, you know, they're pumping up, they're pumping up stock markets, and they're, you know, they're inflating away the money, and like, it all sounds like some grand conspiracy, right. you know, it's people like, everybody's you. getting screwed, yeah. and you know, there's people at the top that are controlling the world, and it's like, Well, it's kind of how it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, and that's honestly, I don't know if the whole like conspiracy inner side of the internet thing and like the whole Illuminati stuff and all that stuff was like put there on purpose to sort of like distract people. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's possible, but like there's, yeah, it's, it's really hard to have a conversation with a lot of people because they think, oh, you believe in like these crazy conspiracies. And I've had conversations like, like we get a lot of conversations like this in our, um, WTF 1971 Twitter where like people just come into our DMS and just basically accuse us of being conspiracy theorists and we're like Literally all we did was took a bunch of economic data from legitimate sources and put them up onto a wordpress blog Without telling you any conclusions and you want to sit there and call me a conspiracy theorist I've been called an (laughs) anti-semite Because people think I hate Jews because I, I guess because I say that there's a problem with the financial system It's just insane but it's because people have all of these pre-existing narratives within their mind and it's how they that that filter is how they understand the world right and when you show them information which is what my website does and that information conflicts with their worldview, unless they're like a pretty special person or unless they've already experienced like a lot of ego death in their life it just breaks their brain and that's when they just lash out at you and attack you like you must be lying you must have an ulterior motive like because they can't they can't process that like they can't comprehend that it's too emotionally damaging for them so how
0: i mean we're kind of going off track here but I, I kind of love it how does how does the next decade play out when the entire world especially very very like prominent skeptics or like denouncers of bitcoin get their worldview broken you know like we're, we're seeing it now at 30 like bitcoin's not even a trillion dollar asset it was but you know market caps what 680 billion what what does the world look like when bitcoin is 20 trillion dollars or the equivalent thereof you know what yeah. does it look like when there's 100 trillion and a all of question, these people man. with with egos and the coastal elites who've you know at, like who have basically benefited from this fiat you know bureaucracy and, and all of this like probably gets ugly for a couple of years now i mean
1: I mean, so you're already seeing with the whole Texas thing with the power grid that keeps going down, people are trying to blame that on Bitcoin. Like, I don't know if you've seen the tweets, like people in the mentions like all the time, they're just like, oh, well, if we didn't have all of these Bitcoin miners in Texas, our grid would probably be just fine. And really, that's the opposite of true uh, for most cases. And it's just because they don't. Under- I don't. Did you get a chance to listen to um, Michael Saylor's Bitcoin Energy Mining Council Spaces?
0: A little bit. Yeah. So not I, all of
1: it. And I, I kind of get the feeling, and this was what, I, I did like a whole podcast on this, just this topic, before he did that little spaces. And it was kind of like, I kind of figured it, like, this is what he was getting at. It's not about them trying to control, like, what energy miners use or anything like that. It's about trying to bring transparency and education to all of these people that seem to have no idea what's going on here. Uh, and, and try to increase like the general public and journalists' understandings of why this technology is so revolutionary and so useful and actually, you know like a really beneficial technology for society and for the environment and all of those types of things. Um, and that was the impressions, that was what my assumptions were when I did the podcast on it, and that was what the impressions I got from the Twitter spaces he did. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, man. If, since, since we're already seeing people, try to pretend like the texas power grid going down is because of bitcoin as we start to see financial strife increase you know as things get more um more speculative mania more and inf- more price inflation just more of the same nonsense through the next 10 years um because we you know there has to be another crash coming and then what do they do at that point uh, who knows um So, yeah, more more of the same. I would probably expect that unless we are really able to get a handle on and ramp up the education piece. Um, Is is the greed of number go up going to be enough to convince everybody to get on board with the train? Probably not. And I expect we'll see a lot more social unrest, you know, like we saw last year, Um, but probably manifesting itself in different ways. Or this more of the same ways, right? But people are angry. They don't understand why they're angry. They don't know what they're angry at. They just know that they're angry, right? And the
0: media throw and the media gaslights them with, mm-hmm. with, 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 race, with, with whatever it is, right? Like, it's dude, it's frustrating, man. It's really frustrating. Like, I mean, I mean, everybody is, especially people that are awake to it. But like, dude, for for being like twenty years old, um, living in like liberal state, I went to university for one year um super liberal like a lot of these people like our followers they don't like universities aren't aren't educating they're just like telling them how to think and what to think um but like you know you have a lot of people like that that in my age that like care that are like at least think they care about you know making the world a better place but are just being fed these like garbage narratives these Mm -hmm. garbage like you know like green or like systematic like systematic racism and like white supremacy. Like, like I remember I was like, call a racist for saying, I don't, I do not take your skin color into account mm-hmm. when, I, when mm-hmm. I have, and they're like, are oh, you, you are so privileged. I'm like, what? I'm like you're a human to me. Like, I, and, and like, so people are just like gaslit dude. It's like, yeah. and it's so, it's so, so hard. And I think like the, the next FUD, the most, The FUD that's going to be like, you know, the hardest to combat and like, you know, we don't have to really combat it. It's just an inevitability. But like, is the entire world, the entire financial system shits itself. You know, it's like, it's an unstoppable, it's a train that's, you know, going off the tracks. Bitcoin is at $5 million and it's like, these greedy Bitcoiners crash. They've come. Yeah,
1: right. These, these people are the cause of the problem.
0: These money hoarders crashed. They broke everything. (laughs) these you know these anarchists like yeah i
1: mean i I think yeah and i think that that's you're really only going to see that in like the most developed western countries like the countries that benefited the most from monetary hegemony that's that we're watching collapse in real time um you know at the euro dollar system is on fire right and and you know i i talked with greg foss in miami for a little bit about this and i agree with his take on this where he basically says like we want these two systems, the dollar system and Bitcoin, to coexist for as long as possible into the future, so that we have as much time, you know, to like get people comfortable with sort of going back and forth between the two, and like acclimated to Bitcoin, and like have Bitcoin integrated into as many things as possible, and Bitcoin in the hands of as many people as possible before we kind of just let the dollar system like go, right? Um, so the longer these two things coexist, the better. Um, I hope that they can keep it going. <laughs> To be true, truth be told, uh, I don't know how many more days the dollar system has left, the euro dollar system. But like the people who are going to be the most upset and the most willing to point fingers at this new system are, you know, the, the Luddites, so to speak, are the ones that we have at the top of the, the, the privilege structure in the West. They're going to be the ones pointing the fingers at this new thing that they don't understand and saying it's their fault. They're the ones who did this before that Bitcoin thing came along. Everything was fine
0: yeah it's i don't know i i think i'm i'm, I'm kind of thinking of finding someplace rural and it's <laughs> waiting it out man. probably at that point it's not a bad yeah. idea
1: you might want to get yourself to uh to a more conservative rural part of america
0: yeah i just downloaded duolingo i should have paid attention in spanish class in high school <laughs>
1: oh yeah yeah I, I'm so jealous of um, anybody that speaks foreign languages. Like So uh, I was, spent most of my time hanging out with Ben in Miami, and Ben is fluent in Portuguese and Spanish. So every time we got into an Uber, he'd just be like rattling off in either Portuguese or Spanish because every Uber driver we have either spoke Spanish or Portuguese. And every without fail, every single time, he's always brings up the conversation of money and bitcoin because he loves talking about that stuff so like he's always trying to orange pill the uber drivers in spanish or in portuguese and i'm just like sitting in the back like you know i don't I don't speak either one of those languages but i'm i can kind of like pick up on little things you know like i can tell like oh okay now he's telling them about like money and inflation and bitcoin um and it was always really interesting is i'm, I'm just so jealous that, that he can just do that
0: yeah super super uh super underrated not underrated i don't know just like Good skill to have. <laughs> I wish I uh, wish I had that in my bag.
1: Yeah, let's see what other news we have to talk about here. Okay, so I'm sure you wrote about this too. Um, Ma- uh, MicroStrategies basically has their their new, they, they restructured the company to be allowed to offer more equity, uh, up to $1 billion in more equity for the company. What was your take on that?
0: Dude, I, <laughs> Sailor's a genius. Um, I, like, it was actually interesting, too. The stock was up the next day. Hmm. Like, like the stock was pumping on the news that they would potentially dilute the market cap by, you know, or dilute the equity. Which is um, kind of yeah.
1: typical for equity markets. Like, a lot of times, they just pump on any kind of news. It can be, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I forget which company it was, but they were, like, Hertz, I think it was. They were basically announcing that they were just going to have to um, issue, like, a ton of equity to deal with a whole lot of debt to completely restructure the company and they just their price just like skyrocketed it made no sense it was just people who don't you know whatever reason but a lot of times that's that's normal in equity markets for whatever reason
0: yeah I mean I think it's genius because um you know so like equity markets have basically become like m- monetized in a way right like um, people, people use equity markets as like their savings account. So, mm-hmm. so there's like a huge, like monetary premium. I mean, just like with that, everything, like real estate, um, stock, stock indexes, um, there's Peak, this, the this huge ratios monetary. The
1: are insane.
0: Yeah, everywhere. Right. Um, and so sailor, not only is he using the artificial, the artificially like suppressed negative, essentially cost of capital to, to lever up and buy as much Bitcoin as he can. Um, he did that with convert convertible, uh, convertible note issues um with an equity option or or uh or debt right did it at zero did that uh like near zero again i believe um and then he did an outright debt offering yeah then he then he created like he took the ninety two thousand bitcoin they had created like macro macro strategy llc um and then the this new 6.5 or six point like one two five percent uh Junk bond offering he had for, for six hundred billion, right? Um, yeah, no, six hundred million. That 600 is, million. yeah, 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 six hundred million. Um, that is just basically secured against the Bitcoin that he's buying or has yet to buy or or whatnot. Um, and it's like what seven years, six years. I mean, like it's a joke. Um, you know, the Bitcoin gonna outpace that? Yeah. And then he comes out a billion dollars. Not only will that uh, dilute the equity but essentially he's just tapping into these capital markets he's tapping into these like absurdly high like you know pe ratios whatever whatever like uh valuation m- microstrategy the software intelligence firm had mm-hmm. he's essentially he all he's doing and if he buys bitcoin with the whole lot which i imagine he will i don't know when you're just concentrating more you just like as a as a microstrategy shareholder you're just getting less software intelligence company and more bitcoin and it's putting a billion dollar bid in the bitcoin market which is like at this point pretty significant
1: dude it's insane because he's he's literally attacking this problem right that we all like have seen you know like it it starts to get in the weeds pretty quick but like i've talked about it a lot in the podcast and stuff about like you know artificially low cost of capital and artificially high replacement cost of assets and all this goes on and on and on but michael saylor Right, who came in and just recently started understanding Bitcoin is literally attacking this problem from every single possible macroeconomic angle. He's taking advantage of the artificially low cost capital. He's taking advantage of the artificially high cost assets. And and he's literally taking all of these like market distortions and harnessing them to his benefit and funneling all of that energy that he's redirecting into Bitcoin. It is absolutely insane. The man is a monster, one thing he cannot be stopped. It's one thing to say it it's one thing to say it, to talk about it, to rant about it, you know, like,
0: I mean, that's, that's essentially like what I do. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I also, you know, funnel all my energy into Bitcoin at, uh, you know, orders of magnitude less than Michael Saylor, but dude takes his life work, billions of dollars. His, like a public company he owns like, you know, a 25% stake in with all the voting rights and just balls deep all in. And here's the thing, like, so he does a billion dollars say, like, I don't know when he'd buy, I don't know if he would do it if there's like, um, you know, MicroStrategy goes up and Bitcoin's down or something. Like I don't, I don't really know what he's thinking there. If Bitcoin dips, or that maybe like that's
1: just a- like his security blanket for extra liquidity should he need it for debt obligations in the future or, some, or whatever, or you know, cash flow problems or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's um, that's you know also part of it. Um, but like, what's stopping him from so Bitcoin's at 36k, you know, he he goes and buys another 600 million. Probably done that already. Maybe I mean I hope not. But, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, it waits a little bit longer and it, you know bids at forty k or something. Um, but so MicroStrategy gets a hundred thousand Bitcoin bitcoins, you know fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever. He goes out, issues a, you know MicroStrategy is now trading. It's like a ten billion dollar equity. He takes a billion dollars, goes in, buys more Bitcoin, dilutes the equity, but. Still, still a ten billion dollar equity. Bitcoin pumps some more because it's going to go up forever because of you know what we talked about earlier. He just does it again, does it again, does it again. He's basically just tapping into, and and all of a sudden, MicroStrategy, which is like I'm pretty sure, is it in the Russell?
1: Um, I don't know. It's in
0: one of these uh indexes, uh, like small cap, mm-hmm. but it's it's getting passive ETF flows. It's getting passive index flows, right? Right. He's just gonna. He's I like. I don't think. I don't think. You know, I don't know if he goes all in with Bitcoin. I don't think so. But this isn't this isn't the first or last like this isn't going to be the
1: last time that he dilutes equity to do it. Well, and and if we like, let's say we see Bitcoin double, triple, quadruple, quintuple over the next several years, you're going to see that reflected in the market cap of micro strategies because they have so much Bitcoin, especially and and maybe at a premium until we see an actual ETF come on to the the U.S. market. Maybe in some, like, when when things get hot, you're going to see the premium there, too, like we did before, uh, before we had the correction, you know, with the whole Elon Musk thing. But um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like, if if micro strategies goes from being, like, on the small cap index and eventually, like, you know, if if Bitcoin does what we think it will, and I I do think that, you know, with all my conviction, one day you're going to see micro strategies up in, like, the S&P 500, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think, and it's also like it's pretty interesting. I I made a meme about this the other like last week or whenever I think like on Monday when he announced this. Um, it's like every other like you know Fortune 500 company or like you know CEO is like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna lever up to the hill. We're gonna borrow a ton of money and we're gonna buy back our stock to pump our equity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're we're gonna just borrow as much money as we can. We're gonna throw our you know we're gonna turn our our company into a, you know, a junk borrower mm-hmm. and we're just going to completely decapitalize our business mm-hmm. just to pump our equity price marginally. Michael Saylor's like, all right, we're going to decapitalize our business. We're going to issue equity and we're just going to acquire as much, as much money as we fucking can. Like it's it crazy. just flips everything on its head. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Well, and like, you got to think it's so, it's so, um, high time preference to be like well what should we do uh, well let's borrow a bunch of money and buy back equity and pump the stock price it's just ridiculous like who are they? like well so like i've said for a long time um in the context of like the the fiatization of society and like night what wtf happened in 1971 now and and hyper financialization of the economy and of the business sector because um, finance you know makes up way a way way bigger part of our economy than it should and it's just because our money is so bad and it's getting worse and worse and worse um corporate executives are now so more desired less for their ability to be successful entrepreneurs and profitably satisfy the consumer in whatever ways they operate the business um you know they're still a piece of that but but more than anything it's their ability to um you know manipulate equity price um because they're Part of the consumer demand that they're now satisfying, you know, they're no longer just building refrigerators or flying airplanes or whatever. They're now providing a quasi-money substitute to the market in the form of an equity. So, like, they're valued on their ability to make government deals and artificially pump the price of their equity, and you know, get as close to the money spigot as they can to tap as much of the cheap credit as they can. Um, it's and it's really disgusting it's pretty incestuous um but that's that's what you're seeing and that's why like these ceos get paid so much more than they used to is because now they're just they're playing a different game um it's not about running the company profitably anymore it's about what can we do to satisfy the shareholders i mean apple has
0: what 200 billion dollars of cash
1: something and, like and that were, yeah.
0: and they were bar they they're borrowing billions of dollars right
1: Right. Fed well, buying and, their bonds. Right. And the and the reason is because the cost of capital is so low. Why wouldn't you do Negative. that?
0: Yeah. I mean Apple's borrowing at nothing. Borrowing at one percent zero, you know, basically. And they're they're buying back the stock. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. But um
1: But it's so high that, it's so high time preference.
0: Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm really interested in and I think it's coming in twenty twenty one, um, but who knows like when's the next public company like not a bitcoin standard because i i wasn't expecting a micro strategy type uh you know for for a while but like when does when does a big tech company put one percent of their reserves you mm-hmm. know when does when is when is the next tesla because like that's like you know that's a huge catalyst mm-hmm.
1: i think we were all kind of expecting more of that more momentum there um and it sort of just tapered out and you know we still might see it in like q4 or end of Q3 or whatever but um, I think we were all kind of expecting more of that especially like with how strong micro strategies came out of the gate and then Tesla was like right behind them Um, I'm still a little I'm still a little surprised like Apple should you know Apple is you'd think because on paper other than the fact that um, Michael Saylor owns you know at well he, he was mostly in majority control share of his equity I believe I think I don't know that for sure, and I, I would assume you know that's that's changing because those are complex issues, and they're now offering so much more equity. Um, that that's only real, you know. The only point that I'm making is, MicroStrategies, they were they had good cash flow, they had no debt, and they had you know plenty of cash. Same thing with Apple, right? That's the only thing I'm getting at there. So like Apple sort of is the perfect candidate to test the waters a little bit, or maybe even emulate. Um the Micro strategies, Treasury Reserve Asset Strategy. Um because they have all this cash and it's literally a melting ice cube. What do you do with all that cash?
0: Yeah, I mean I I think we get caught up in our own like echo chamber of like, you know, like like we get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um where like a lot of these a lot of these guys like, you know, working like, you know, uh at like they're subsidized by fiat, you know, these these executives and, and all this stuff it's like you know they don't they have the stock options this, right no they, they have no they have no need to um but for the life of me like yeah i couldn't figure out what why doesn't apple dca a hundred million dollars into bitcoin every day what,
1: yeah. what do you have to lose or even just like, like even just every month like it doesn't even have to it can just be like such a small amount of their of their cash position like it, it doesn't even to me it's like a no-brainer and i think you're totally right it's like our echo chamber. And I take it for granted, um, like, the things that I understand about Bitcoin, like, you know, the whole spectrum, like, from the economics to the technology, I take it for granted very frequently, like, how other people don't understand even one piece of that, much less the whole spectrum uh, that you kind of have to dive into to start to understand Bitcoin. And even the experts,
0: you know, like, the, the CNBC guys that go up and they're talking about, like like, the Fed raising rates or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like... <laughs> or, or like you know like compare comparing this to like they're like comparing inflation to the 70s and they're like yeah you know like Volcker raised rates you know these all the everyone everybody's gonna have to you know watch out because they're gonna do the same it's better like
1: tighten your think, belt because it's it's coming fiscal tightening yeah right yeah i don't know what wait, world you're an expert in.
0: like i i have a twitter account and i fucking read a couple of books i and, you, and you're an expert? Like, what, what, what am I missing here?
1: They're not experts. They're journalists. Basically. Well, let's see. What else did I have here? We're coming up on the end of our time. Um, so the, the other things that I saw was that the uh, Central Bank of Portugal uh, approved two Bitcoin exchanges for the first time. Uh, Saxo Bank in... Became the first bank in Denmark to allow its customers to buy and sell Bitcoin, and Goldman Sachs is now trading Bitcoin futures. So, you know, lots of little nuggets of news that seem good. Steps. In did the you right see direction. the?
0: Did you see the Basel? The like the the Bitcoin like kind of being on like the the like or like proposed Basel, uh,
1: banking kind of. I don't even know. Is this it is. like Basel Three or Last whatever? Week. Yeah, it's yeah. like Bitcoin's like on it. I've been meaning to dig into that, but it's just awful.
0: You know, like let it, let them, let them come late, or they really care.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's um, somebody was saying something about the El Salvador thing. It was like the way the charter for the uh, IMF is written. It was written in 1944. The way the charter is written, the IMF has to accept the legal tenders of its member of its member countries so that means that now that El Salvador has made Bitcoin legal tender the IMF is obligated by their contract to accept Bitcoin
0: that's so awesome that's why they're throwing a fit probably
1: yeah no because they don't want to deal with that like first of all they don't have the infrastructure they don't have the the technical understanding right they don't want exposure to it they think it's literally they probably think it's literally rat poison squared right they don't want to they're like, oh, no, if we bring that in here, it's going to taint our taint our, uh, monster. It's a Ponzi. It's a Ponzi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Dylan, that's nice, about man. all I got, man. You you want to hit on anything else or should we wrap this stream up?
0: I mean, this is fun. Um, we'd, we'd love to come on and riff with you and Ben. Another time, if you want. Oh, down.
1: totally, dude. We, we're we. Some of the feedback we've gotten is that we need to have more guests on the weekly live stream. So th- I appreciate you coming on. Hey, man, this is fun. Let's do it again. I'm gonna kill the stream. Cool.